Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dave, and this is the uh, the culmination of of so much hard graft and effort and fun and conversations. But this is the last episode in our nations episode, and this time it is the league. And we're going to finish things off with what I hope is going to be an absolute fucking corker. Because um, uh, who, who shall who who wants to go first, introducing themselves uh, and what they do at Empire? Uh, okay, uh, Miranda, away you go. Hello, uh, my name's Baranza. I also answer to Mim, and I play in the league and have played in the league since year one of Empire. And uh, uh, you might know me if you post at all in Empire's official PD online communities because I am the head mod. Hello. Okay, Natalie, go ahead. Uh, hi, uh, I'm not going to go into all the reasons that Mim is selling her achievements in the league short. <coughs> Looking glass. Yeah. <coughs> But hi, I'm uh, Nat. Um, I've played in the league uh, since I started Empire, which was tum-ti-tum years ago now. Um, if you see me around, uh, I'm a red-headed Cambian and I play Senator for Sarvos, so that's uh, a great laugh. And I really love the league, so I'm super excited to be here because I could literally talk about it forever, so good luck. Yeah, I think I think both of you are like... When I was looking for guests for this and a couple of names got mentioned and basically yours names got mentioned. I was like, them, that, 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 that is, that, 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 no, them. I want not. them for the league. <laughs> this is going to be. You may live to regret. <laughs> yeah. So, so just to quickly, uh, this is going to be, we're going to talk about the league and we're going to go into like all the good stuff about the league. But basically let's have a, a just a briefest overview of what the the looking glass is before we continue because we're probably going to reference it a bunch so it's better that we get out like mention it now well i don't know i don't know how much i'll go into it since um only one of us uh there are three it, it is an in-character magazine um it is not the only in-character um newspaper or magazine by by a long way that exists at empire and it's certainly not the only one in the league um but it has been running for knocking on for five years now and it is fully illustrated um by hand by uh us there's three of us and uh, i'm one of them and uh, orms <laughs> and um it's it's a useful um thing to reference sometimes when i talk about social role play in the league because i think uh, the league lends itself out of all the ten nations to uh, lots of social role play around reputation around gossip um and around concepts of soft power though i would argue in the league out of all the nations there is much more of a blurry line between hard and soft power if you even subscribe to that binary okay wow, okay we gotta we gotta slow way down okay yeah, yeah. we gotta slow way yeah. way down for all those people that were just like that's a lot i really want to talk about those subjects but it's what do you magazine i've i've heard it's like a fashion magazine is that yeah right? it's an in, well it's an in-character um society Fashion, arts, and culture, and politics, and opinion sort magazine. Of like Vogue meets New York Times. It, it uh, yeah. does have a lot of fashion, yeah. but it's also uh, so uh, Mel and Becker, who I'm sure won't mind a bit of a shout out, and Mim cover literally everything from a really astonishing um, understanding of not only the brief as written, but the the costume brief as played and engaging with it. And also uh, some of the most sort of fantastic um, plot and political and uh, articles. Um, uh, as a as a player, it's legendary. Okay, it like it's literally like one of those things I hear about. Do you know like what's funny about me? Me of all people doing this episode is how many 
fabulously dressed well people I know that their their biggest aspiration above all things would be to be featured in your magazine. And I am the scruffiest looking Navarre you're ever likely to see. And I have no business talking to people like you at all. And I just think it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely fantastic. I, I literally know people who... And I don't want to say their names because I don't want to skew anything. But yeah. people very much want to get into your magazine. Very much. Like I wish we had the other two on for this because I definitely think we could talk an entire podcast about about that and about maybe that's a future episode about maybe. how that how maybe. that's gone and what it works like. But I want to, what I want to talk about is playing in the league. I mean, I, I think we might reference the fact the league has a fashion economy and the fact that the league has this sense of competitive glamour but um but i don't Maybe start with the episode blowing blowing my trumpet about about my in character magazines i don't think it's the best uh route we, in we will the- blow <laughs> we will blow your trumpet later okay uh, oh, first God. of all we will go to what attracted you um basically what what in the brief did you see in the league that attracted you and then maybe what what was different when you actually started to play or what was your interpretation of the brief different for when you actually got to play it, I should say? So I don't know if me and Mim are maybe in slightly similar boats, definitely starting off. Um, in that actually, we, we both uh, started off separate times, but started in the same group. And it was, in essence, um, because a, a, a chunk of our friends had gone in uh, and were actually really interested in... Uh, there's There's some stuff in there on the idea of kind of uh, universities and sort of scholarly pursuits within the league. Um, so I was I was only in that group for, uh, I think, a season because um, they all, apart from Mim, died. <laughs> um, so, after that, but, uh, so after that, I actually kind of had a bit more of an idea of um, what the league was about and went back through. Uh, and actually, for me, I absolutely fell in love with the quite small but very very interesting uh brief on uh kikabeo in the league or bay to use the plural which we at one point had to decide um and this... i've only recently i've only recently heard about this archetype by the way uh since the end of like uh since since lockdown and all the rest of it only at player events have i really heard this term and it, it blows my mind that this we is are, we are fabulous you should everybody should know about us um but i i have a real interest in um power dynamics in LARP and where you can draw power from and this kind of comes back to this idea of soft and hard power um and I really liked the idea of um playing a character who and especially when I started basically my way of making in character money uh was to convince people that they wanted to spend time with me and pay for the privilege I've never thought of it that way very very fantastic uh, kind of lean in it, it sort of was me going right dive in head first um i've got to do this otherwise I, otherwise i can't buy myself a drink in the evening so amazing that was that was a massive appeal to me and, and a kikabeo is kind of like a a entertainer like a geisha almost but like european yeah, my, my usual way of of describing them and please do stop me if you're going to get sort of seasoned assisted uh, but their their best comparison is generally the uh the companions from firefly so there are definitely uh elements and there are inspiration from from courtesans and sex workers historically 
but they are much more than that in terms of um, the services and the reputation of them. They are seen as the moment you step in the board, um, you are a, a very well-educated individual who has got a lot to say and has got a lot to offer. You might be a, an entertainer, you might be d just somebody who's like, hey, I have some things to say, uh, priests, the whole lot. So uh, again, I, I genuinely love that for, uh, to sort of subvert a lot of the traditional narratives around uh, sex workers, especially women who are sex workers, in... Um, especially sort of fantasy um, literature and storytelling, uh, being able to sort of flip that on its head and go, hey, mm -hmm. I can in fact be the most important person in this room was was really exciting for me. Yeah, we, I, my first interaction with a kickabare, which was before I even knew the term or the archetype, was literally going to a bar and being offered to like go to a tent and potentially have a massage or play cards or anything like this. And it was like us not knowing the thing was just perfect Navari kind of like we didn't we didn't know really how to react to that. But the the hospitality was outstanding and it was just really really nice and a pleasant environment, you know. So um, it's only recently that I've actually learned what the the, the archetype is and it, it does fascinate we, me. We are um, in fact an archetype. We are one of the ones that you can you can pick. Um, uh, along with the the bravos etc um so yeah um if anybody is interested i i think they're fantastic um and yeah, yeah. that actually leads really nicely into sort of league hospitality which uh, i think yeah. is uh, a really big part of of the way that the league is played uh let's put a cork in that for one second get mimi on the conversation how, what, what, same question, what, what drew you to the uh, nation and were there any differences when you actually started to play them, essentially? I'm going to read out a line from the League's uh, nation description, which you can read on the wiki. Uh, it's actually a few lines because this is what really drew me in. Right. Um, this is the League. The rivers that run down to the Bay of Katazar are the veins of the Empire, carrying the lifeblood of trade. The four great cities are its beating heart sending tides of wealth back and forth across the nations. In the south are Sarvos, elegant and sophisticated, cultured and refined, and Tassato, dramatic, Machiavellian, persuasive and articulate. In the north are Temeshwar, ruthless, relentless, cold and hard, and Holberg, pragmatic, ingenious, innovative and enlightened. So you have these four cities and each of them is a kind of bustling hub with a slightly different character. Um... And I was I was really transported uh, by this um, this idea of these um, these four cities who are geographically very far apart but together in a kind of shared spirit. And then there's this other line which I love. It is said that the cities of the league never sleep. By day, the powerful guilds clash over business interests, and the free companies seek to find work on the empire's borders. By night, the street balladeers perform on every corner. Rival theatre houses fight duels where the wordplay matters more than the swordplay. The long con is as much an art form here as the politics of high office. And this is my favourite bit. In the coffee houses that never close, the cant covers both. So this idea that you have um, this fantastic collision of street carnivalesque, wheeler-dealer sort of um, types and then these high people of high office doing backroom deals. And I just thought, this is like the Orlesian Empire in Dragon Age meets Ankh-Morpork um, from Discworld meets a Shakespeare play. And I thought, oh, absolutely, you know, I want, I want in on this. 
um, because it's got this wonderful um, sweeping period drama energy um, with, where everyone's got an agenda and, you know, who's, who's, do, who's, um, who's tricking who and, and things like that. But it's also got a, a kind of a deep romantic sweep to it that is very distinct from, I would say, Dornish romance. It's got a, a Shakespearean creative energy and an interesting wit and performance. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm going to go and play there. Uh, and as, as Matt says, there was a group who were a university, a bunch of university students, which was great for me um, because I didn't really know a lot else about the setting. I'd read like this one page and a couple of others. And I thought, OK, I'm going to be a, a, a university student. We're on a field trip to Anvil. We've never been. Uh, and we're, we're straight out of this city and we're really kind of urbane we think we're really sophisticated, but we are ultimately teenagers without a clue. And we're on a field trip to Casanea <laughs> to meet all these different people from around the Empire. And that was my route into the game. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, like my my main kind of like whenever I've seen the League around, like and the memories of like distinct people from the League are there's like one couple that dress identically and they have like an absolutely fabulous outfit with like a feather in their hat and it's like they just look fucking amazing they look like no, the cool I'm kids no right like and, uh, yeah yeah and, and, no, i'm no, sure you do i'm sure you do no, like because no they're, one they're, they're knows. so distinct no one knows if they're really a couple or if they just work together or if they're family oh, i should it's say very... a couple <laughs> yeah i i, I th yeah that was i, I meant couples in like man and woman even that's pretty bad let's move on um the uh, but like they, they they're like there's a vibe of the league that are like they're cool, they're witty, they're very fashionably dressed, and they're, like, when, whenever I've had a f thoughts about, like, dealing politically with the League, I just know that, like, I'm going to be two steps behind everything that's going on, and that, like, it, whatever I think is going to happen will probably not work out that way, and... Uh, yeah, I'll I'll have been swindled at the last. Is how I how how me as an Avar views dealing with politics with with the league. And that means that our grand ruse is working. I can absolutely promise that for a lot of the the people doing politics in the league, we're sometimes the last to know, but we're good at making it look like we knew the entire time. Nice, nice. Yeah, the kind Remember, of like yeah, the huddled actual whispers. Political acumen is not needed <laughs> for being in yeah. the league. I like that the huddled whispers are not like, oh, put in the master plan or do this. It's just like, oh, shit, what, what the hell are we going to do? You know, like... You know uh... this was happening? We didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe we can describe, like, kind of look and feel, kind of, like, talk about some of the kind of dress ideas. You were mentioning the different cities. How do they kind of, like... I'm feeling this might well be a very long section in the podcast. So uh, who wants to kick us off? Um, I think, so, the league definitely has these four cities with very distinct identities that also blur together um and i would say you can wear the league costume brief it has there are ways you can signal your city but they're not hard and fast rules you know you can be from the north and wear yellow if you really want to but there is a rough trend in the field i think of signaling that you're from the north with slightly darker toned um colours and heavier fabrics because it's cold up there and the south are a bit more with the razzmatazz 
and the we're all we're all very blingy but there are there are some subtle tells that some people choose to put in so in character i wear loads of brown because the whole costume brief says that um we like leather and a more muted color palette and fur and we are considered drab by the the sunny cities of the south and so i decided that i was going to work really hard to try and uh, be the kind of person where all your cool friends are like stop trying to make brown happen it's never going to happen <laughs> and you're sitting there <laughs> in head to toe brown velvet um, and all your friends from holberg are like what she looks really cool and no one else agrees um because i love the sense that holberg is is the kind of a nerd club slightly of the league <laughs> you know they really like siege engineering and the color brown yeah, how, how would you describe like the more feminine and more masculine type garbs that you have? There's like a lot of dresses in the league, and I, there's I a think lot of there is of... a line from the from the league costume brief uh, referring to to uh, sort of femme costume, which is one of my favourite lines in any costume brief I have ever read, and it is one that I have tried to to stick to, uh, which is uh, the. Bodices should look like they are made of not enough fabric, and the skirts should look like they're made of too much. Uh, which has led to a fantastic line from uh, Mim's character Nora, who was at uh, who was at a social event with a group of people she'd rather not be there with. Yes. So had chosen to wear uh, hose rather than skirts, and said, "Well, the occasion doesn't really call for five yards of fabric, does it?" Which was just there had been a murder. It was the most damning thing I'd ever heard, but it was a fantastic piece of. Um, sort of PvP through costume, uh, which I love. Oh, nine yards. <laughs> the whole whole nine yards. I went um, on a skirmish in the whole nine yards, though, and I have to say, my character was like, I should have thought this through. I had to do a battle roll under a bush in a ball gown. <laughs> but, you know, I think the thing about the league is I just did it because the league will do that. You know, I, I went on this skirmish with someone from Navarre, and he was like, You have not dressed for the, the occasion. And I said, well, I am a priest. I am very much dressed for the occasion. I've brought all my, you know, and I enlisted all the things I had hanging off my belt. He was like, that was not what I meant. <laughs> no, I like that. Though. I, I, it's uh, the kind of, it, it. they may be wearing a lot of these dresses and stuff, but you do get the feeling that they're ready for action all the time. Hidden blades, um, poison, like, you know what I mean? Like, and that whole martial aspect of having the free company vibe with the whole thing where there's a lot of kind of mercenary work and people are like almost um nobility that's good with a blade you know like they've been trained or whatever that vibe yeah. i mean uh, and i'm sure there are some some pictures on the on the wiki that your lovely listeners will be able to find uh but the the free companies in the league do a really uh, amazing job of sort of we we might occasionally joke that uh, Dawn uh, very handily put themselves in like football colours um, to help us identify them, but the the free companies actually make a really really amazing uh, coherent look whilst uh, keeping a lot without sort of going down that route of everyone being in the same colour. So you see these big groups of people with the uh, and, and Min will know the the correct terms for it, but the, sort of all the sleeve slashing and the the holberds and the hats. And they're very instantly recognisable as leagueish free company, even if there's just one of them wandering around. Just as like a, a wee point of order, do the um, what are your groups called? Let's get down to some real basics. Okay, so um, the main unit of a group, shall we say, for playing in the league yeah. is a guild. Um, 
sometimes referred to in the Southern League cities as a carter, but it means the same thing. Uh, so you are a mercant, a group of people who are um, doing business together. Uh, you are mercantile, uh, but you, you might live together in a guild house as if you were a family. You might have all taken a guild oath. You may You may have a charter. Or you may be scattered around in apartments across more than one city, um, but you will all be serving that guild's interest. And the guild is led by a merchant prince. Um, I've heard this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And okay, just uh, just because we mentioned it, the free companies, can you join a free company that is not part of your guild? So and You can also have your group sort of be a free company. A free company is a group of mercenaries. So you may have a guild that mostly is is made up of members of a free company. So the whole point of the guild is that they are mercenaries. Or you may have a group of people who are attached to a larger guild. And so that guild is fielding certain of its members as a free company. Um, but, you know, an example of quite a prominent free company in the field at the moment is the Seawolves, who... Oh, Shout out to Seawolves, you're the best, love you. They wear very iconic uh, kind of golden yellow and black you see them a mile off. They've all got the same insignia, but they they have a very strong free company vibe, um, with their kind of matching slashed shirts and their feathers in their hats, and they're they're led by a, a merchant prince who's very much a war leader um, in in look. She's very martial, um, but they also do have um, Kikabei in their ranks. So you see them all marching off to war, but they've also got um, you know performers, majors, entertainers. Um, who I would, uh, uh, you can be both essentially you can fight in a free company and be affiliated with or in a guild yeah like i i know a fucking battle butler right oh, yeah like, we love him the, the battle butler shout out to the battle butler he's he's my homie um but it's more like the uh okay let me put it this way i was at a player event and he uh actually i shouldn't mention it i shouldn't mention it no 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 he's he's doing okay for Brilliant. cash is all i should say um but the um he's very prosperous he is very prosperous, yeah. In fact, he was just like, uh, oh, don't worry, I spend it as fast as I earn it. And I'm like, you must be spending a lot, sir. That is Goodness. extra prosperous, um, probably. But they, that's kind of thing that I'm trying to kind of, like, we're skirting around it. And I'm really struggling to kind of come up with, like, fitting it all in. Because there's a lot to the league. And to see it all together as one thing makes more sense. Like, we're discussing these little aspects of it, right? Like, but... But like having a kickaboyo within your lines to go off to battle, to have a battle butler who literally goes out there and can do ceremonies for you on the field and things like that. It's like, um, plus there's the, maybe let's talk about the theatre stuff, right? The performance stuff. Like, let's go into that a little bit. Like, how many theatre groups are there and how do you indulge in the, in the theatre stuff? I think that's hard to categorise because, again, lots of leaguers will have all had, will have a theatrical streak. So they may all indulge in dramaturgy which is a thing in the league um they may use dramaturgy who <laughs> came up with that that's a terrible name it's, what, a what's word. Involved? it's actually a word dramaturgical really yeah, dramaturgical um, oh, it doesn't make it real doesn't make well, it good what does it mean dramaturgy i see is do you want to go no no oh. you you have this um so in character it, it is the most popular form of ritual magic in the league uh, it does pop up in other nations, but leagueish dramaturgy is um, kind of an elaborate. Um, I take it back. It's genius, and I love it. It's so good. There's a set, like, of, uh... a set of stock characters, and you might have a set of masks that correspond to those characters. 
um, and basically how deep you want to go with it. You can read the wiki page and use nearly all the different tropes from it and really go in hard, or you can just lightly say, I'm wearing my prince's mask today so I can be more authoritative. And it's sort of up to you how deep you want to go, but there's a whole, whole thing. Hold on, I think we just snagged our toe on a rabbit hole there. Did you say there's a whole like law and wiki about like the language of Negish theatre effectively with the different masks and all well, that stuff? Well, if you want to, do, there is, it is an option if you are doing ritual magic in the league to use masks a great deal and to look at all the different personae that you can channel your magic with by wearing masks. But also masks are kind of very ubiquitous in the league anyway, but people might yeah, use them for social interaction. So if my character's feeling very nervous, she might put on her captain's mask to be more commanding, or she might put on her prince's mask to be commanding in a different way. A bit more or you might be like, oh, oh shit, Mim's put on this certain mask. She's like pissed off today. Like we should leave her alone. Yeah, there right? is a like, mask uh... that. That's the bishop's mask. That's the mask of moral absolutes and judgment time. And um, But you might not know, if you didn't know the character, what the mask was for. You might not know which mask was which, but you could pick up differences in, in characterization. maybe, I hope. Um, so, you know, and I don't actually wear physical masks very often because they, they, they get in the way of my makeup and they, they kind of annoy me. But I carry them around and I've got them on me at all times for the, the odd quick moment. It's probably worth mentioning that masks are part of the the league hearth magic. Yeah. So, um, and anybody who's uh, has listened to any of your other stuff, I'm sorry, it's come across the phrase hearth magic. But they are these sort of little bits of just magic that everyone kind of has a bit of access to. Um, the the roles are sort of uh, vaguely inspired by sort of the classic roles of sort of uh, Commedia dell'arte and that sort of style of theatre where you have a very specific mask in the league it's far more varied um and not every mask relates to one of these characters or, mm. or you know sort of archetypes and almost caricatures but you will use masks in certain ways um sort of the mask of i am very annoyed at this specific thing you have done has definitely uh, <laughs> been put to good use in the league on on several occasions the masks of I am completely done with this shit. Has <laughs> also. Can you, can you maybe describe like okay, so so a player's listening to this. We've talked about masks, but but what do they look like? How do you get hold of them? How would you choose to decorate these? Like these sort of things. Like how would you get into this? So they are. They're generally speaking the sort of classic. Um, if you if you were looking on just sort of google images or ebay or etsy and by the way i've had quite a few off of sort of these sorts of if you put in sort of uh venetian masks that will be the sort of thing so it's the classic kind of venetian carnival masks usually quite highly decorated but not necessarily and there is really not much of a right answer as to what they should look like there's an amazing bit on the masks in the league uh, wiki page where I, I can't remember exactly what the wording is but it says something like masks are a great way to um get your character to behave in a way that they wouldn't normally for whatever reason that you have whether you're oc just looking to have fun in any way or whether you've got a goal that is difficult to attain i see without switching your manner up a bit but there's this line that says you might be a pleasant and mild-mannered person unless you've put your witch mask on at which point you become a scheming riddler that no one can make head or tail of 
And I just, I, I love that. I love the idea that you could be actually quote Meek and Miles, but then when you whack this mask on, you are a disaster. Um, and you do meet people in the league who really, who really run with this. I've met more than one character who has an entire other personality that only they only role played as when they with a name that they only role played as when they had the mask, a particular mask on. Um, and then, of course, if something happened to that mask, then they were distraught because they couldn't access that bit of themselves or. Um, you know, and there's there's so much you can do with it. I once borrowed someone else's mask in character and I had a great time kind of trying to emulate some of their mannerisms because it was theirs and they wore it every day and I'd borrowed it and that messed with my character's head. So there's a lots of elasticity to that in the mask brief. There's lots of ways to play, but that, that it all comes back to the thing on the league brief. There's a the league brief, like all the nation briefs, has the five things and one of them is that everything is on show. And everything is to play for, essentially. So everything is a big game, but the game is very serious. Um, you know, you make a game out of everything, very earnestly. You make fun of everything, but it's very serious and has rules. And I, I find that that constant hopping around from those two sort of binary states really, really fun. Yeah, there's some stuff on the, the wiki about law and order and how, like, it seems to be implied that a lot of people get up to stuff but the real art is to because because crime is looked down on and punished very harshly yes whereas the idea is like to do an exquisite crime that you can get away with or at least use subterfuge or, or do a something special like a like a thomas crown affair type heist right is the kind of thing i have in my head or a yeah. or a poisoning at a at a a ball or something you know so probably one of my favorite lines in the the league brief at all and especially because of uh sort of a lot of the inspiration for the league which is uh, kind of cited as things like uh the borgias and lies of lot lamora and because we are all encouraged to do our bit of sort of hand scheming it would be actually quite easy for us to all just sort of go around murdering each other in order to get what we wanted so in a, in a fantastic piece of writing, uh, there is a line in the, the uh, brief which basically goes, if the only way to win the game is to kill the person you're playing against, you have already lost. Yeah, Which I absolutely good. adore as a system. And it, it yeah. goes kind of throughout and further than this idea of not murdering people. You have to win and you have to win well. Because if you if you just kind of get away with it because you were a bit jammy... Um, or that you did it in a really kind of rubbish way that was just a bit eh, then you lose your reputation over um, it. But if you manage to get away with it, if you manage to sort of settle the score and, and, you know, kind of take the prize just as your opponent thought they had it through sort of clever um, ways, then then you will literally get sort of songs and poems written about you and it's it's a fantastic bit of, of the brief and a way to really encourage people to play in a really interesting um, way and without just cutting other people off from bits of the game. Um, so This is weird, but I've recently started re-listening to The Lies of Locke Lamora. I was literally listening to it half an hour before doing this podcast and I had not put both together before and now I'm like, did my subconscious just be like, oh, you're going to listen to this podcast, by the way, uh, this this uh, radio play, uh, audio book, um, just before doing the league. Like, I find that hilarious how my subconscious has clearly been thinking about this episode and decided to listen to that book again. Amazing. Um, sorry, sorry, Mim, you were about to say... You mentioned doing a heist. You see, I think in the League, um, it, it's quite frowned upon to nick stuff, to steal someone else's wealth, 
although certainly there are wheeler dealer types who are who are who are crimers of some description um but you um you know the league certainly has a criminal underworld but uh, the idea is not to get caught and so you if you are going to be openly law abiding i think rather than nicking someone's item that you cover you uh attempt to um get something even better made for yourself or you um create a situation in which this item that they have or thing that they have done that seemed like such a good idea is then looked upon as embarrassing and passe by everyone because of your manipulations and your schemes or you um you know all kinds of things like that um before you actually try and nick the thing um you know um i i think it's really hard to generalize amazing but it's i think but in which uh, if you can get a really good nemesis who is as clever as you are who drives you up the wall then ah what a gift though the thing to do there is to send them a really pointed present that can be read both ways because you you respect a good enemy in the league even though you wish they would die you don't really because that would be boring and you would not have had the chance to beat them and so um you know you get these ama- it's a great relation to play if you like uh, fandom tropes around nemeses and you know if you if you want to uh, uh, you know that there's a web comic by Kate Beaton there's an edition of Hark a Vagrant by Kate Beaton, which is a very funny webcomic that ran for years, which has um, two army captains. I believe they're pirates with, um, I carry a picture of my nemesis wherever I go so that I never forget his face. And it has these two um, pirates who are obsessed with each other. Um, you know, um, sound the cannons. I just want him to know that I'm here. Um, and they, you know, they hate each other, but they obviously can't live without each other either. And I think you like those tropes play in the league because it's everywhere. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The, the idea of that you send a present to your enemy that can be Ooh. taken both ways. So it actually, shows so much yeah. care and attention, right? Like, uh, like you're special to me and I hate you. It's a... Uh... Yeah. It's uh, it's actually part of one of our one of our festivals now. Uh, not necessarily always necessarily presents, but definitely poetry. So the league has a thing called the Festival of the Mirrors, which happens in summer. Is it summer. Summer. We summer. <laughs> say with great confidence. Talking in front um, of a microphone is hard, by the way. So uh, if it isn't summer, it's it's fine. Uh, but yeah, okay. Let's say summer. Let's say summer. I think we can call COVID on uh, on the reason though I can't quite remember which one. Uh, but the, there are a number of things that that go on during this festival, including sort of looking into mirrors. And mirrors are another bit of our hearth magic that are supposed to kind of reveal sort of elements about one's one's true self. Um, but another part of that is sending these sorts of backwards presents and poems that that are very much this sort of how to be so polite to someone and it, you know it's 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 very much sort of backhanded compliments the festival and and, uh, and we love it and, um, people they love insults and people they hate um bond poetry and you can only really do that if they're a fellow leaguer otherwise you've sent your nemesis a love poem and they're going to get very confused or maybe, or not. They may be into it, right, but you don't want to admit to that. <laughs> yeah, there's much of stuff to unpack with that, um, with with the league, and it's kind of it's one. It, it the league absolutely revels in trickery and agendas and intrigue in intriguing and performative flamboyant ways, um, and I love, I just love that so much. Um, oh. 
I know so many cool people that are either in the league or going to the league. It's like, but I I I don't think I'm cool enough. Like uh, I just uh, I, I I fundamentally I, I not true. I, it's uh, I don't think I have the fashion sense. I don't think I have the uh, the the schemingness of it. Like if I received a present from someone. It's all I see, the fashion sense. Well, it'll be, <laughs> I think it'll be like, if I was, a, if, if, if my character received a present, I'd be like, oh, what a lovely gift, right? Like, I would no, stop for a second lovely, and... Uh... We also give lovely gifts. Most I just give lovely gifts. I think it's, it's definitely worth mentioning as well. Um, so when I, when I first started playing uh, this character in the League... What I actually decided I wanted uh, to play, and again, this was sort of just for me to mess around with, but genuinely something I had a very, very good time doing for the best part of two years before stuff happened. So I went in going, I want to play the the most earnest, wide-eyed, believes the best in everyone. This, you know, these illusions were quickly shattered. But it was really, really fun and really interesting. And um, also a lot of other people got a, a great deal of mileage yeah. out of having someone in, in game. So the idea that you have to be sort of fundamentally sneaky and all of that, yeah. um, there is there is masses of gain to be had in, in not doing that. Um, I love that as an approach as well, because it, it creates game for other people, right? Yeah. Like, so you go there, I'm going to be a, a sneaky boreal girl, right? I'm going to run around, I'm going to try and scheme and, and plot against my enemies and stuff like this. But then you kind of like turning your wheels and then suddenly there's this wonderful innocent flower that's going to come along and you get to kind of like manipulate and and lead and then maybe show actually you do have feels after all despite having like maybe set them up for something it's it was dreadful but i had a fantastic time doing it (laughs) yeah no that's really Um, fun characters heroes are not born they're kind of made is the cliche and i think Certainly, I did something similar in the league, and I I actually also think that it's possible to be quite a nice person in the league if you want to. I think, you know, I, I think <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, well, I think there's also I think there's a strongly held belief in the league that being manipulative does not mean you're not nice. Um, because one of the dramatic personas is the witch who brings about happy endings and good outcomes through manipulating things. Usually, manipulating on, on, in plays, she's a stock character who manipulates um, couples. And so, you know, you get your classic Shakespeare comedy where everybody's mistaken identity is in love with someone else's mistaken identity, and the witch will bring everyone together at the end and solve the mystery, and and everyone will end up with the person they're supposed to be with or whatever. And that's, you know, that's a trope in in league theatre, is the witch will kind of come and manipulate everyone into doing the right thing or doing the thing that is most prosperous. So there is this idea in the league, I think, that just because you're playing a game doesn't mean that you're insincere at your core and your level of insincerity. Who is it that deserves your sincerity? There will be people. Um, you know, and the third bit of the half magic there is rings. So, you know, there's there's masks, there's mirrors, and there's rings in terms of ob- objects of significance in the movie. As in yeah. fi- rings, yeah. for fingers. rings for fingers. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, yeah. I make myself sound like a massive pervert just then. Well, it's like, uh, well, I have to clarify like where the rings belong. Let's say he meant like bells, like high guard. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. People oh, that you have exchanged rings with, or that you're wearing a ring for, and they're not wearing one back for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be. Who would do that? Or who would do that, Natalie? Um, <laughs> um, and these are people that you've got some measure of sincere bond with, or some agreement. It might be temporary. Like I once exchanged rings with someone because they'd won a competition. I was judging, and they had to go and like provide it was an art contest so the ring they, they took a ring 
to sort of promise they would uh, finish the art and unveil it, you know, or whatever. But, um, you know, um, but you also have long term rings that sim symbolize, you know, really strong bonds that you've got with people. And, you, and it's kind of a bit ghost to ask people. Yes, it's my favourite, favourite game to play with I people. Love it. Like, you ask me that when they're like, what are all those rings? Which ring is for which person? I'm like, oh, what a thing to ask me. It's like asking what I'm wearing on my dress. Um, you know, as so I've got, my character's got genuinely about 10 rings now. They're on every single finger, but they are for different relationships and dynamics in play. And all of them mean something. So it's not, crazy. it's not a nation of oh, yeah, it's, people. It's the game is very serious. <laughs> and it was also a really, really great idea for us all to make our, our most sort of meaningful and magic imbued. And, and they're very often to do with loyalty. So very heavily associated with the virtues. It was a really good idea for us to all have these teeny tiny items that are very easy to lose. Do you know Did what? You I lost like... all of mine once. I lost them. I left them under something in my tent, so I didn't actually lose them. But I had to go down chows in the field and spend like 35 quid on replacement rings because I could not conceive of going in that field without any rings on. And then I brought all these replacement rings back to my tent and then I found them all like under my pillow. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> this is awkward. I've blown 35 quid. I didn't need to blow on this. Do you end up like going to charity shops and, oh, yeah. and buying them on Etsy and oh, yeah. I guess so, it depends on your budget, right? But like no, I guess H &M. you just go and buy I'm a load of rings, H&M, right? Okay. I got like my first year, honestly, they, they were really shit quality. They turned my skin green. <laughs> That's uh, when you know they're good. That's when you know jewellery's good when they turn up, do those green. like big packs for like £3.50. Hi, yeah. Fish bash. Um, Dumb. They and because because of the way the rings are, they they don't necessarily need to be in any way particularly high quality. Um, I think probably of mine, I've got one that's worth over a tenner. Um, but a lot of them I've I've found on on eBay and and places like that because they look correct. Did you know what? Some of mine were given to me by other people. So sorry, guys. They might be worth over a tenner. I don't yes. know. What, I don't the know people what. who have given me them, I cast no aspersions. They might be. I just, also, please don't spend a lot of a lot of money on a ring for me because I'm not not great I'm with really, small items. I really love the idea that rings can reflect the personality of the character who gave you them. So my character wears a lot of brown. You know, considers herself not flashy, though if you're not a leaguer, you will think she's fancy. She's got some rings that are really quite blingy because the people that gave them her were either were like, this is so tasteful. Yes. And it's a huge glass gem or um, or they were like, ha, 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 you're my best friend. <laughs> I'm going to make you wear this. I want to make you wear this because I'm fond of you and that's how the game works in the league. So I have some rings that my character is like, yes. It's like people will comment on them and she'll be like, yes, thank you. Yes, I love the person that gave me this very much and I have to wear it for the rest of my life. <laughs> like a gauntlet, right? Yeah. Inches it, in it, there is an element of that, you know, uh, wearing sort of a, a really, really a hot, and I say this sat in a, in a questionable Christmas jumper, but wearing a, a really, really horrible Christmas jumper and being like, Thanks. I really love my mum. She gave it to me. Um, it, it's it's probably just worth uh, briefly kind of um, the significance of wearing rings is that you wear them for a relationship you have or a promise you have made. 
So actually giving somebody else a ring in the league or asking a league to oh, wear yeah. a ring for you yeah. is really quite a big deal because you're Pretty basically hard. going, please can you bind yourself up with hearth magic? Put this shackle on emotionally to me. Um, um, which leads yeah. to some problems. Also, you get to sometimes go as a leaguer, I'm putting this ring on for you and you can't stop me. Nah, 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 nah. Um, which also is great. I didn't know about the ring game until now. And um, Welcome. wow. Like, <laughs> from the outside, say, by the what? way, crazy. I love it. It's so good. Like, um, I'll never shake hands with someone from the league the same way ever again. I'll be checking out how many uh, rings I've got on every single time. Oh, I would. And whilst Nim says that it's, it's considered slightly sort of gauche to ask. Oh, I about love things. We love it. Please keep doing yeah, yeah, do it. it. I, I have I'm... the most fun. I think usually it's the Dornish will go and they'll be like, so who are all these rings for? And you get to They're very public about it. you ask? Well, seeing as you didn't know any better, I'll let you choose one and I'll tell you exactly what that one's for. And I love oh. it. I highly recommend any league is listening. It's a you great game. In in now that means we're good friends because I told you that. help each other out when we need you you know yes now you owe me a reckoning and then they panic about what a reckoning is and it it, what is a reckoning (laughs) a first question what is a reckoning i love reckonings my favorite bit of the brief let's chat reckonings go you start i I mean i think i i might have to um as senator for savos um but reckonings are they're not necessarily half magic um, they're more of a, a cultural thing. There are bits of them that sort of lean into our hearth magic. The wiki has some sort of different readings on it. It's sort of fine either way. In short, reckonings are debt uh, accrued and owed. So, yeah, you, and repaid. You yes. must repay all your debts. Debts are not a matter of money. Debts are a matter of social behaviour. So... Um, uh, if someone is kind to you when you are feeling vulnerable, you write that in your reckoning book. You owe them, you decide for yourself that you owe them a good reckoning. You put them in your book, maybe you'll do them a favour. If someone is rude to you or slanders you or slights you, and bear in mind they may not mean to, but that doesn't matter, uh, you put them in your reckoning book. <laughs> you owe them a slight in kind. Yes, sir. And um, going in the I book, have a basically. book in- going in the book. You're going in the book, mate. And I love it because people from other nations get a lot of great role play out of it because they're like, why are you writing my name in the book? I'll be like, what's your name? Can you spell your name? And they're like, why, why are you putting it? And I'm like, oh no, so I can do something nice for you because you gave me a cake when I was hungry and waiting for my synod meeting to start. Um, but they're like, should I believe her? Or have I slightly some way? I both... I both want to be on someone's list and also don't want to be on someone's list. Like, yeah, equally in my mind. It, it, there's a, a fairly common saying in the League in that you want neither too much black nor red in your book. So you don't necessarily want to be in anyone's book and you don't necessarily want to have everybody owing you. And that sort of actually feeds into to the prosperity virtue side of it of hoarding favours and hoarding reckonings is not a good thing to do. Reckoning is really bewildering, I think, to, to non-leaguers because it can seem very vengeful. So you it's, we do have a synod motion yeah. that says it's definitely not. Oh yes, well that, it came up in play. 
They did. They said it. They said it. I've got a nice little piece of paper for when next time I'm accused of going, no, it's fine. I have a piece of paper that says I can do what I want. It's not not inherently vengeful. I think in terms of game design, you can play it as incredibly vengeful. You can get obsessed with your reckonings and you can play someone who's absolutely gone off the deep end with it and and whose priest friends are a bit worried about them. Or you can play it as, this is a, a way that I keep track in a vigilant manner of what I owe to the people around me, to, to quote the good place, what do we uh, what we owe each other, um, good and bad, and um and social the social responsibility is a huge theme in the league. It has institutionalised charity. It pretty much invented the concept of the orphanage. It's quite Dickensian in its capitalism. Um, you know, tomorrow's beg today's beggar is tomorrow's merchant prince. You never know; the wheel might turn. You need to be paranoid at all times. Who might turn, the, the wheel might turn and you might be ruined. Um, you need to keep your reputation intact. You need to play the game. But also, you need to keep reckonings. Because if you don't keep your allies sweet by recognising, often in a fairly public manner, sometimes in a backroom favours manner, the good things they've done for you, you might don't do for you anymore. And this is what I meant when I garbled. You were like, why do you like playing the league? And I went, because it blurs soft and hard power in a way that I never expected. It's like there's there's a real lovely emphasis on building relationships and power dynamics, like Natalie said, in, in a really fascinating way. I think that building uh, certain kinds of social relationship is really incentivized with the game design in the league. Um, yeah, maybe we've focused a little bit too much on the kind of like uh, like political PvP type side of things, because from what I understand, and this is true with many nations at, in the Empire, Many notions or some specific groups of nations can seem very closed off compared to outsiders. Mm. Um, and there are certain levels of trust that can be gained over time or action mm. that will suddenly open up doors. And then you suddenly realize that this standoffish exterior can be very generous and welcoming and loving by just being around or doing a certain thing or being friends with a certain person, right? Like doors open all the time. It's a very interesting structure that in all nations. But I think that's especially true of the league in some ways that mm. as a Navarre coming into the league, people might turn their nose up at some scrubby looking Navarre coming into the thing. However, I'd be like, I really want to have a chat with that guy about his war paint compared to my masks and what the differences are. And then yeah, but you're you're a wonderful player, man. That's the difference, right? Like you're always there, going like, how can I get some game out of every second that I'm here? You know, so um, but no, you know I what I mean? There's like, like kind of how scrappy but... does he wash? It depends on my mood. <laughs> yes, yes. Does he wash? You yeah, do yeah. Wash it's Sorry, Empire, so probably not. Um, no, for all of our players, I know you have lovely steadings where you wash. I visit them regularly. Yeah. West represent. Um, hey, nation stereotypes are fun, right? Like, and it's fun to play with these stereotypes in a safe system with some decent barriers in them and explore these kind of ideas, understand what tribe and family is, and all that stuff, I right? Like, agree with I agree that the stereotype that's like, oh, they don't wash, they live up trees with crayons. Um, the league equivalent of that is, um, oh, a bunch of conniving, um, conniving villains who are, um, all all mouth and feathers and you can't trust any of them 
And that's that's really, I mean, I love love that. Silver spoons and none of them know their ass from their elbow. Yeah, but I love, (laughs) I I, I don't know if either of you play D&D or ever role-play games, right? But I love playing characters that are just like, like I I was in love with one character called Teddy who was a paladin and he was an absolute toff, complete silver spoon, but I deliberately played in that way because I wanted people to love him, right? I wanted all my lefty friends who are really opposed to all of that stuff to really see that Teddy's actually a really great human being, just trying trying to do his best and just because he can't help his upbringing and now he's out here you know trying to do his best in the best circumstances he can and like i love doing that with characters right like and you could do that in all of the nations at empire right like you go for the complete stereotype and you go i'm gonna be a bloodthirsty killer navarre who doesn't care about anything apart from stacking piles of valorn up right but then do it with a really soft side like actually i love baking and i like hanging like giving baking to people is my, my or, or, or or very i think you could play I, I love this because i think um that would be very archetypically archetypically navarre because navarre have a whole half magic thing recently introduced about the power of sharing food so if you we do it if you showed up and you were like i've just got done doing a lot of uh, sneaky ambushes and i'm covered in blood and i've got a horrible ritual about it then you were like and i've also baked this amazing cake (laughs) does anybody like a scone and we're gonna share it who wants to know you i'd be like that's so amazing. That's Navarre in a, in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Because who wants who wants a custard tart? I made the custard myself. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you protect what you love. So the people that you have done all this quote unquote savage warfare to safeguard get the custard tarts, and so it is. Yeah. So it is in the league. Shh. Hey, no stop telling people about Navari secrets, okay? <laughs> like this is very much like we've got a reputation to keep. Like, um, well, what's that cool? That. What's that great movie? Uh, Stardust, Stardust, the really oh, soppy romantic one. Of the one. Movies of all time. Yeah. Suffolk, I love that movie. Like, absolutely love that. I saw that one. T- yeah. Anyway, I'll, I diverge. <laughs> I'm it's a great movie. One the- I'll tell you that story later. It's so, I, it's so good. Anyway, there's a really lovely scene in it. Spoilers: If you haven't seen it, it's like 20 years old. Go and see it, or skip it's like lovely. a minute. But there's a really great scene in it where um, Robert De Niro has like he's a, a pirate captain and he like kidnaps them and he's all like, "Rah, I'm gonna." torture you and be really violent but then secretly he puts on loads of dresses and is like this really wonderful cute human being and it's like um he's called shakespeare because they're all thinking shake spear and he's like no wordsmith it's a fantastic movie it's so good go see it now put the podcast off you you can come back to this i think it's on on various Uh, streaming services yeah you'll find it it's great uh but but what i like about that is like the kind of um the 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 Navari reputation is very much that, by the way. Like externally, very very scary, right? And I, what what would you say? Like I know the Navar the, the 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 league have this kind of reputation for being very conniving, but what's the kind of warmer aspects that you can maybe think of when it comes to the league? Um, oh, I really can go there with this. I think um, the league is really uh, hospitality. Well, whilst not a, a major part of the the league brief. Um, it, it's on the League Culture and Customs. It's got an H2 header on the wiki page. It does. Oh, they're more to the extent that it, it's not as in there as, uh, for example, Verushka. Um, league hospitality is actually quite a big thing in, in both uh, sort of uh, both sides of it. So the idea that you will, of course, invite your nemesis uh, to sit down with you and have a glass of wine is is very much within keeping the uh, you know or or peanuts or whatever it is you've got 
um, is very, very in keeping with the league brief, but also, um, and it, it plays into a lot of um, sort of the uh, Reaper Fest, which is one of our other festivals, which is this, uh, the the guild as a sort of uh, a family unit, definitely a family unit whilst you're at Anvil, and sort of uh, coming together whilst it is, Reaperfest is definitely in winter, by the way, I know that all of a certain, because it is it is cold and it is wet and <coughs> you come together and you exchange gifts. It's it's League Christmas, um, but it has a lot of those elements of real world festivals where you do bring your family together, you exchange gifts and sort of part of the idea of Reaperfest is celebrating that everyone's still here another year on. We just do it from, in a really macabre way. <laughs> From an outsider, I'll just explain to you what I think the festival is, okay? Everyone wears a mask, <laughs> and there's a person called the Reaper, who I had to actually yeah. research because he features as a character in the intros and outros that we record for this. He comes around, or she comes around the place, and if they see your face, then you're going to die at some point, and it's not very good. So, I will say that the, 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 the superstition... Is that you will die within the year if the reaper sees your face. Um, it has been proven true on some occasions. Wow. <laughs> um, I get, and uh, you know, this is just me getting to do probably one of my my favourite little lines I ever got to do. But um, I was actually going to do a past life vision, and uh, during past life visions, you technically die for a little while. Um, and it was on the day of the reaper fest. Um, and the Reaper saw my face and kind of was like, you will die within the year. And I got to go, my death is scheduled for 8.30 this evening. We <laughs> come. Isn't that such a weird <laughs> If I were playing the Reaper, I'd be like, yeah, right, go and set a match, have a chocolate. Um, <laughs> you know, because he did. He gave me a chocolate padlock one year. And I'm still puzzling out the symbolism of that. Um, like, yeah, you know, the, the Reaper is a, a fantastic character, is uh, played by one of our egregores. Uh, the League egregores, uh, in in much the way that the the League have masks, our egregores are not necessarily fixed. Uh, so they might be wearing different masks and different personas uh, throughout the course. Uh, and you know, big shout out to the League egregores because they've been consistently fab. They occupy. I think what's really interesting about the League brief. You asked what at the beginning of this chat what was different in the field to what we thought it would be and certainly the league egregore description on the wiki says that they have the name guys as in disguise not as in hey guys and um <laughs> that yeah you know that name i've never heard on the field i think in the spirit of it is definitely true though what happens in what's happened in the field is that several people there's two or three of them at least at the moment several people have played the egregore but they play the egregore as different um kind of dramaturgy personae so you've got, we had a Captain Egregore for a bit. We had a Bravo Egregore for a bit. Um, some of them are dram dramatic personas and some of them, I keep saying persona, I am personas. Um, yeah. uh, and some yeah. of them are archetypes of the league, like the Bravo we had for a bit. Um, and we've also yeah, got we had a, a, a long running at the moment. It's the heart. We had the Duke of Joy and Sorrow, who is a sort of theatrical merchant. And we've had the, the Harlequin. Tessa. And, yeah, and we have to mention the Harlequin, who is our longest-running egregore and our greatest source of trouble. Sort of, um, you imagine every single Shakespeare role that is the guy who likes to drink and party 
who might not be telling the truth at all times, but who is here to bring the party with a bit of Lord of Misrule mischief. That's the Harlequin. So if you think Toby Belch, Falstaff, all of those, uh, and all, all of Shakespeare's fools who speak truth to power in a witty way. So he will come... Desert. He will come in to your tent and have an opinion, and you need to spar wittily. But what I love about that about the Harlequin is because he's played by John. He shows all the new players around. He's really, really welcoming, and he is very keen to amass more prosperity for the league and to help people find their place in the great game. So he's, I think, I think. Oh, yours is the great game. Interesting. Okay, great cool. game. You guys have the great dance. We have the great game. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's yeah. nice. Um. Okay, we're running out of time, so I quickly want to go through a couple of things. Um, yeah. uh, in my notes, I just have black, question mark, question mark, question mark. And I think this is because I've heard that black isn't fashionable for some reason in the what? league at the moment. That is. No, no. no. Oh, there might there might be. A, that is not. The only thing I can think of That's is I've heard that we've currently got a little bit of what could be, or had, technically, sort of. Uh, a little bit of bad blood with high guard. Oh yeah, yeah, but so that doesn't mean might not be wearing black uh, for that reason. In, in a similar, but I mean, I mean, just to show the other side of that, we did once go through a stage where uh, the league army had had really got their backs against the uh, wall, and they all of a sudden heard this jingling and this wave of orange appeared from the bushes as the freeborn arrived to save the day and the next season we had loads of people showing up in in blue bright blues and oranges declaring yeah. orange their favorite color um similarly after the uh, the blue. grendel raid which was a sort of a opportunity that we had loads of the the it happened across the field but you got a lot of it in the league we all showed up wearing purple and loads of bling that we'd nicked off the grendel um so yeah we we do like a bit of that yeah i I wear an awful lot of blacking character i wear a lot of that i mean i think i don't think you can generalize uh fashion in the league um because it's um speaking as someone who goes out to look for it quite a lot in character, but certainly not speaking as someone who's an authority necessarily on all of it, because, you know, I'm just one person. But um, black is quite common in the northern cities because we have this bit in our brief that says our colour palette is darker, more sombre, more drab. Rude. Davos says we're drab. Well, I I mean, I would say that. Sorry. It's a way, you know, and also because Temeshwar and Holberg like to wear fur because it's cold. They do a lot of fur trim, so you'll often see black fur trim, brown fur trim and stuff like that. So, um, And also, when there, there have been recent events involving the massive destruction of a bunch of mirrors in a certain city, and a few people chose to wear black with mirrored masks as a kind of dramatic national mourning response to that event. And I won't go into that, but that, there was actually a wave of people who don't normally wear black, because Savos is not known for its muted, dark... Usually, like, lots of... Thomas is big and big and bold. Lots of colours and no sleeves. That's us. But yeah, no it's, sleeves. It's, 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 it's not sleeves, not. but they're all made of like floofy satin. <laughs> Whereas I'm like wearing half a mile of, you know, <laughs> half a cow and a load of velvet. But you know, beautifully tooled. Hmm. There is a there is a big um, uh, empress shaped hole in in the league right now. I went to a. Um... She was my merchant prince in character, so I was in. Oh really? Interesting. Oh wow, interesting. I didn't know you were so well connected. My goodness. Um, the um, yeah, I went to uh, Empire Day last year. Oh, yeah. Last year. When God, I time at the moment. Um, but the um, <clears throat> there was kind of morning art projects about it and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. really cool how the players. Did it. It's really cool to hear that people 
play it out in in their fashion sense as well it's it's, yeah they're on some people are on a whole other level from where i am right now like a whole different you will have met people who are like well i'm never wearing black again (laughs) not until insert diatribe about current events somewhere else (laughs) say the number of thrones because i know some people have developed a pavlovian response to it but the number of thrones (laughs) they'll be like i'm gonna wear even more black I have more of a right to black than uh, those people over there. Um, I'm ordering an enormous black veil, actually, um, but made of gauze with gold on and the words, go away, I am angry with you. <laughs> oh, you know, like, like, genuinely, I think, I think the different fashion responses to current events is one of my favourite things about the league. And I think, I think there's been a lot of hard work done on the part of players all over the nation to make those um, fashion trends achievable OC. <laughs> So obviously the, 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 the kit brief's quite a high concept. It's hard to buy these outfits off the rack. It's hard to just look like one of the lads from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet that are dueling in the street um, without a fairly significant cash injection. Um, although it is doable on a budget, but it can be a challenge. And, um, you know, Mythalon don't really do a huge range of, certainly not the frocks, as <laughs> this nation brief. Um, but I think we've... I've certainly seen a lot of people kind of doing things like wearing um, sort of ribbon rosettes or um, a colour, a coloured scarf kind of tied around the waist. Or And the Grendel raids were brilliant because people deliberately um, chose to fizz rep the, the bling that they had raided. Uh, and so some people turned up in giant tiaras and were like, I've had all these girls I still set, I still back, you know, from, from the Grendel set into a, a beautiful headdress. And other people were just like, here is a rope that I stole from a Grendel ship that I am wearing as a girdle. <laughs> and you had the different ends of society there. Everyone was wearing their bling. But you could get that stuff on eBay for about £2 and still play. And I was able to kind of talk to loads of people in character about what they were doing with their fashion without feeling OC like they'd like the only people who could participate had a huge OC budget. And I, I think that's really important. Because I think there's a lot of chatter that you find in the league, outside the league of, oh, you're the cool kids or, oh, I'd love to be, you know, as cool as you. We are a bunch of dorks <laughs> like anybody else. And we, we are yeah. all going to Primark to get our bling a lot. Of, I mean, we, not that we don't also sink a significant amount of time and budget into it. But um, I would say if you if you if, if that if, if worries about that are holding you back from playing in the league, do come and play because I'd love to. No, I don't, play with you. I, again, like we're talking like. This is very much an experienced player conversation where, and I hate the idea of intimidating anyone out of a nation because I think it's more like I personally, and I think this goes for a lot of people that I RP with, uh, I would much prefer to RP with someone that was keen and interested in giving me a good game than if their kit was impeccable, right? Like if it's one or the other, I'll take the RP all day long, every single day of the week, right? So kit is important. Um, but it's not essential to be at this extremely high level. And you will see when you look on things like the Empire Photo Forums or other places like this, you'll see the best that is out there, okay? Like that photographers tend to home in on people that look fantastic and all this stuff. Believe me, my kit isn't amazing and I fit in just fine. No one's going to give you shit for it. Do your best. Follow the brief. I'm ask questions. i you in the field. I think it would be grand. Uh, just just in case anybody is concerned, and especially like uh, like Mims touched on, sort of fem kit in the league is is very difficult to get without commissioning a piece, making a piece, etc. 
sort of because of this, there is a degree in the league of, of costume turnover in that once you are, maybe you've you've grown out of a piece of kit or you just don't wear it anymore, um, people do kind of pass them on. They go on to people within oh, your guild or people you I might just know. They get, they get sold on. So it is really possible to find these pieces um, both in the field and, and through chatting to people. Um the league has got a really, really fantastic uh, sort of set of players. They are just, I mean, obviously not everyone's lovely, but that's rule of large numbers. But there is a, a, a real understanding within the league that our costume brief is quite tricky. So let's make it easier for the next lot of people and they can make it easier for the next lot of people. And it, it oh keeps on going. At least two or three bits of my major regularly worn kit I got secondhand from other league players who'd been killed in character and were moving nation and such. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I just had a big, uh, big clear up because I was moving house. So kit's been passed on. So yeah, the, the sort of the, the quote unquote kit barrier is, is not a barrier to entry. It is out there, and if you are keen, there will be people who want you to find it and, and yeah. will help. If you're worried about your kit, Facebook's good. Emailing PD is better. So just yeah. if you're concerned about a piece of kit, you don't know how it's going to wear dress, you don't know whether it's on brief, you don't know where you're going with stuff, any concerns whatsoever, email PD. If you're feeling a bit more confident about things, stick up on Facebook, see what people are saying, get some input, like... There's lots of good people out there that want you to join the field. So don't feel at all intimidated by what we've just been talking about. Um, we are almost out of time. Is there anything like, is there anything that's in your mind right now that you're like, oh shit, we didn't say this and, and you want to get it out now because uh, time is precious? Um, I think the only thing, and we, we covered it uh, a little bit, but I'm aware that because it's, it's me and Mim and we both play non-combatant characters in the league, we haven't really covered a lot of sort of uh, the combat side of the game. Uh, within the league uh, just to say it's it's very cool there's a lot of if you if you like having a bit of a fight and a scrap the league does a lot of really cool stuff on it um i believe it is uh, i think it might actually be the sea wolves show up with like a little kind of makeshift bridge that kind of rolls along the floor so as you can do sort of dueling along the bridge um the the armies and the the politics around sort of the armies and the generals is is also really good it, it's probably not uh, um, area I have a massive amount of information on but again the people who do know it are great and are out there and uh, yeah just because you don't know it I, someone will <laughs> I think the free company bringing a Kekabeo into battle is enough that anybody even has an interest in that vibe like they know who they are they're already interested in going off the war with the league I think like, absolutely um, also would recommend if you if you don't fight uh, showing up to the battle or showing up to the, the door the gate in in full full kit uh is enough to panic anyone so just you don't have to fight you just sometimes get to be dressed too <laughs> okay nice uh mim oh gosh what would i say come and play in the league it's really fun it has all the sweep and sway of of a shakespearean drama but um you know it's a bit of bills and boom <laughs> With a bit more, well, it also it's it's set in the empire setting, which means that there is gender equality kind of written into the setting. Which means that if you're a woman and you want to play a swashbuckling duelist, you can. And if you and similarly, it it really does not. Uh, you can wear the the um the great big flouncing ball gowns are available to anyone. And the doublets and hose are available to anyone. And I really like that. I really, really enjoy it. So, you know, 
it's not a prejudice-free setting. There's plenty of class prejudice, particularly, I would say, in the league as, as part of the way that it is designed. Um, but I'm really, really drawn to the fact that there's an LGBT-positive, um, gender-inclusive way to tackle Shakespearean vibes, you know? Yeah, I should it's say, like, obviously, this is this is really good. The same goes for every other nation. Obviously, the kind of, like, masculine, feminine that we understand from the outside world is a lot more apparent in the kind of kit choices that you might make in the league, potentially. Um, but, yeah, this goes everywhere, Empire. If you want to change what you're wearing, you want to do something else, like whatever it is that you want to do to express yourself at Empire, it's pretty much good to go, right? Like, uh, again, if you're at all worried, email PD. They'll set you straight. Um, not set you straight. God, what a terrible choice of words in such a... How it... <laughs> wow. <laughs> they will Shit. have the answers you are looking for. <laughs> thank you very much. Good. All right, let's move away from that. Um, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I really appreciate both of you taking the time to talk to me. Um, this is like the end of us recording all nations empire now we've done it this is the last one celebration really really happy thank you to all of the guests that made this possible uh thank you to our patrons who still get nothing at all for supporting us apart from our love and affection so really appreciate you um is there any like leagueish close off now these started off fairly easy but now they're becoming more difficult so for navarre it's really straightforward someone says strength for the empire and then everyone else yells strength to navarre it's really straightforward if you've been to empire then you would have heard it is there a similar vibe for the league Ooh. oh we do we do sort of have one at the moment um it's a, but a, not necessarily across the league, but definitely for Sarvos and Holberg. And seeing as it's me and Mim representing at the moment, but you can usually get a decent response if you just shout "fuck Scaife." <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, do I just repeat that back to you? Yeah, pretty Is that much. The... It's a whole sort of. Oh, you can respond, curse this. Curse oh, this. Okay. Oh, the other one. I guess you've got specific ones for each guild. So my guild oath involves an awful lot of the prince says let the mirrors witness and we all chant let the mirrors remember but that's very specific to my group but you will find stuff like that across across the league uh, okay okay which one which one would you like to do uh to close it out it... i do 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 nuts because everyone knows what that means but it's a bit it's a bit current affairs related though is all i'd say um uh, it's just getting people prepped for the game we've talked about it now we, we, we're committed uh so st staff okay so it's all right. Skaith uh, is, is one of the Eternals who, who did us a wrong one. So Okay, this this one's for you, Scaife. On free. <laughs> Natalie, you do it, okay? Oh, gosh, three, okay. two, one. Fuck Scaife! Fuck Scaife! Oops, I said curse this instead. Oh, well. <laughs> That's fine. Seamless. Boom. 